So today on our podcast, we wanted to focus specifically on how does one become an associate at a venture capital firm? Peter has probably placed or helped more people become an associate at a VC fund. Could we dare say you're the number one person who's placed associate elsewhere? I don't know, maybe. There's like, a couple other programs out there that, that place a lot of people, okay. but maybe straight out of undergrad. Okay, so first off, like what is an associate at a venture capital firm? Yeah, like what do they do? What is their role? And then like, let's go down into like, how does one actually become an associate or get a job? Yeah, so it really depends on the firm, but associates generally are doing some mix of due diligence support, deal sourcing, and then operations on an as-need basis, right? So it's it's kind of a mix of a bunch of different things. Ultimately, you're you're there you're there to support the the partners and the VPs and so forth of the fund. Uh, some firms, an associate role or an analyst role is very focused on deal sourcing, uh, and other firms, uh, it's very focused on doing due diligence, and the partners are more focused on deal sourcing, and then other it's you're doing a lot of operations like fundraising, dealing with LPs, uh, tracking portfolio companies, preparing materials for uh, LP updates. I mean, it, it could be a bunch of different things like that. It's generally, I think it's a pretty dynamic uh, role, um, but also you know, fairly analytical. But an associate technically could be a, a wide variety of things. So like the way I would break it down is yeah. one is it could ultimately be your network. Who do you know mm -hmm. already in there? Your skills may not matter. Second, it could also be your access to capital. If I was an associate student and said, hey, my dad or my family or someone I know could bring a million dollar check with me or more perhaps, that might be a really easy way to get a job in VC. And the third would be your skills. So let's go through each one of these first, the network. How does your network affect your role at getting a job with a venture capital firm? Yeah, well, I mean, if you think about what venture capitalists do, it really boils down to three things. So venture capitalists find investment opportunities, diligence and make investment decisions, right? And fundraise. And so if you can do two of those three things, then essentially, and do them really, really well, like world-class, you can be a venture capitalist. If you can do all three, that's incredible. Uh, you, maybe you're a bit of a unicorn. If you can only do one, probably not gonna happen, right? So when you think about those three skill sets, two of those are very network-driven, right? One is sourcing deals, sourcing investment opportunities, getting access to really great deals, and two is fundraising, right? So network is super, super important. At the end of the day, venture capital is very much like a people business. What would be the top five skills generally for an associate then? Well, for for an associate level person, you're probably going to be more focused on kind of grunt work type stuff that's going to be more analytical. So in that case, I would say you really want to develop skills around doing due diligence. So understanding business models, understanding technology, understanding financial metrics, being able to do presentations and act professionally within different types of environments, whether you're fundraising, you're deal sourcing, you're pitching to uh, your investment committee, you're working with your partners, like all of those different things. Okay. How do we develop these skills? So on the network side, I mean, one of the super easy things you can do is just get out there and meet people right and try to find ways to add value to those relationships even with you know with no expectation of anything in return right so going to different events different conferences being a connector between different people whether that's connecting entrepreneurs to potential hires connecting entrepreneurs to other entrepreneurs that could be great partners connecting them to uh, sources of capital right adding value to the all of those relationships can be a great way to start building out those your network and, and your people building skills on the diligence side really what you need to do is start making investments 
you could do that. There's a lot of different ways to build that skill set. One would be, hey, go on to sites like Republic, like WeFunder, like SeedInvest and others and start actually investing some of your own money and developing your own investment theses around that. Uh, another would be like reaching out to companies where maybe you're not personally able to invest uh, money, but you could inv invest time and help those companies uh, with things that they need, right? You could do different internship programs like University Growth Fund, for example where you're going to be able to work on deals and kind of get the reps you need of looking at multiple companies, multiple business models, evaluating lots of different management teams, building financial models, evaluating financial metrics uh, for different businesses. All of those things are going to be really helpful in developing that, those skill sets. Okay. Does school matter, Peter? 100%. Yeah. Going to a top tier school is going to make a huge difference. You go to Harvard, you go to Stanford, you go to Wharton, to a lesser extent, some of the other schools like Yale and so forth. That brand is going to carry a lot of weight. And part of what's going to carry a lot of weight as well as the brand is the network and, and the doors that'll open from a network perspective, right? You go to Stanford, pretty much everybody on Sand Hill Road has some sort of connection into Stanford. And so you're gonna be able to tap into those networks. That said, if you don't go to Stanford, you don't go to Harvard, does that mean it's a death knell and you're never gonna be able to be a successful venture capitalist? Absolutely not, right? It just means that it's gonna be a slightly harder pathway for you to beat uh, in order to get into the industry, right? It's gonna be a lot more dependent on you and your your personal hustle and your, your networks that you're building and the relationships that you build uh, in order to, to make up for that gap. For schooling, how much does your undergraduate matter? Like, am I a philosophy major? Am I a finance major? Am I an accounting major? So major matters a little bit. I would say if you look at most venture capitalists, they have a background in something technical. So most often computer science, uh, electrical engineering, uh, computer engineering, those types of things, even though they, they may have never actually been a computer scientist or uh, programmer or what have you. The reason why that is, is, is probably multiple fold. So one, if you're a technology investor, having a technical background is really helpful in evaluating technology. That should be obvious. The other thing is, if, if most of your peers, right, companies that you're investing in are founded by people with a computer science background, right, they're going to be more likely to engage with you and respect you, right? And then the other thing is, if, if a lot of the other venture capitalists also have a technical background, they're going to respond in a similar way, right? They're going to look for that because you know, the reality is technical degrees are challenging. They're hard to do well in. And so if you've been through that gauntlet, if you will, it's kind of a, a badge of honor and, and something people look for, just like they do, you know, if you did investment banking or management consulting or any one of these other, you know, prestigious, hard to do things, right? How much does an undergraduate versus a graduate degree matter as for getting in a role as an associate? So the typical pathway in most venture funds is people go and do investment banking or management consulting or they work at a startup uh, for a number of years, and then they'll hop in with a venture fund for a couple of years as an associate. At that point, they basically have two years to prove themselves. If they can demonstrate that they can identify really interesting deals and they can add a lot of value to the firm, and that firm decides, hey, you know what, we don't want to miss this individual or lose this individual, then they'll promote them to a partner path position. So that could be like a principal or maybe even a senior associate or a VP, depending on the firm. And at that point, like, 
you don't need an, a graduate degree. You just stay at the firm and kind of rise through the ranks. On the other hand, if you know you don't meet that hurdle, which frankly is an incredibly hard hurdle to reach, then typically students will go off and they'll go work either at a larger tech company to get some more operational experience, or they'll go get an MBA at a, you know, a top tier university. And then when they come back, use that to leverage their way into hopefully something that's a little bit more of a partner track position. Okay. What about something like Boston Consulting Group? Are there like top firms that people look at? primarily? Yeah. So on the the management consulting side, yeah. I mean, I think you look like at kind of the in. top, the top five. Okay. So, you know, the McKinsey's, the Bain's, the BCG's of the world. And it'd sure. be either internships would be the same probably as work experiences. I think the cool thing about venture capital is it's very strategy minded. Mm-hmm. And so any sort of role that's going to have um, strategy as, as part of it is going to be useful, right? So mm-hmm. that could be you're working in the strategy group or the corp dev group at a company that could be working at management consulting, that could be working at another fund, you know, like University Growth Fund from an internship perspective, right? You're getting kind of real access to to venture experience. It could be interning for like a seed fund or an angel group or just working closely with an angel investor. What would be your the top like extracurricular activities that like a student could have to get an associate role? Like if you're looking at like their resume. Yeah, so I think being involved on campus um, as a student, working with entrepreneurs, working with entrepreneurial clubs, maybe even starting your own side hustle, your own side business. So you can kind of say, yeah, I've I've been through that. I've been through the the meat grinder that is entrepreneurship. Uh, I think those things can be really helpful. I think attending conferences can be really uh, helpful because you're out there meeting people, you're seeing what's happening, you're listening to, you know, very thoughtful people talk about the challenges that they're facing and how they overcame them, right? It's the ability to learn through somebody else's experience. I think case competitions can be really helpful as well, right? Anything that gets you as close as to possible of, of actually doing deals is, is going to be, you know, incredibly beneficial. How does the University Growth Fund specifically prepare students for that? Because the way I would look at it is if I was a student and I wanted to get into VC or even finance or anything related in those fields, I don't see anyone right now in my current network that I know that's been more successful at placing students there than you. If you think about it, like very base level of any industry, right there's a ton of jargon and the jargon is there to make things more efficient but it's also kind of designed to keep people out and so step one is you just need to know all the jargon you need to know what a pro rata right is and a liquidation preference and a pre-money you need to know like rid or redemption clause might be you need to know like okay what does it mean when a company's raising you know a, a valuation that's flat from the prior round or a down round right there's all these like contextual things that you need to understand that's all tied into the jargon so right? if I wanted to get an internship with you would reading like Jason Calcanis's book Angel be a good I think that can be a really useful thing I think this week in startups his podcast could be helpful I think you know just reading TechCrunch and VentureBeat and some of these other these other resources and just getting a feel for what's going on and seeing those words pop up again and again mm-hmm. and, and and then mm-hmm. understanding what they are so I think that's the first level right just you need that kind of base so level that's how to get in but like your program specifically you guys are making deals with top alongside top tier VC funds but like if I wanted to become an associate at like benchmark for for example or battery yep, yep. if i came here and worked for you 
I would be actually doing the role of an associate. And I don't think it's, it's the closest approximation to say I have real like two years of experience sure. while in, at my college and then go apply. And that's what I was going to say. The first level is you just need to like know what's going on. And then once you know what's going on, then it's like, okay, what we do at University Growth Fund is we actually have you do it, mm -hmm. right? So you are evaluating investments and it's not just like, hey, you're the lowest totem pole on the team and we're giving you like some minor unimportant piece of the diligence to work on. It's your part of the deal team and you have to do as a team all the due diligence that's necessary to help us make a true investment decision. And then we don't stop there. It's not like you do all the due diligence and hand it up to me and my partner and we make the decisions because we're the big boys. You actually have to make the decision. And so every student has both the opportunity but res also responsibility to review all of the due diligence material that's been done by the rest of the team, challenge their assumptions, and then vote on whether or not we move forward and it's I, I believe it's that action of like having to make a decision right you can't just like read a text crunch article and be like eh, I think that's an okay deal like you actually have to decide like would I put my own money into this deal right and so that whole exercise of making that decision you know I think gives you kind of those reps that pattern matching right okay that's, that's necessary and to your point right once you've done that for a couple of years you can now point back to you know 5 10 20 30 50 deals that you You've evaluated and a handful that you've actually closed and say, yeah, I was part of this deal team and I can walk you through the investment thesis at a very deep level um, and explain it in a way that you understand, right? And so that ability allows our students to really hit the ground running when they when they start at a venture fund. And as I mentioned earlier, if you think about what venture funds are looking for at the associate level, they're kind of looking for people that can hit the ground running and add a lot of value that saves the partner's time. Right. And so that ability to like step right in and know how to evaluate a market and a management team and build out financials and evaluate financial metrics uh, really saves a ton of time for the partners so that they can focus on the things that they're really good at, which is, you know, sourcing high quality investment opportunities, advising uh, startups on the at the board level, uh, fundraising, some of those other activities. That's the one of the parts I missed about being in the angel VC space. Yeah is that you're always learning, you're always asking yourself interesting questions like what if, whereas right now I'm an operator. Yep. And it's just, it, it's what I've realized is that to be an operator for the most part, you're just, you're doing very repetitive tasks and optimizing that task by, hey, how do we get 2% better this month versus, yeah. hey, what's the next billion dollar company that we're gonna look at? Which makes it really fun, right? The flip side is you got to, in, in order to make good investment decisions, it can't just all be fun, right? You got to get up the learning curve on these new technologies, these new business models really, really quickly because these things move incredibly fast. And so it's this challenge of it's, yeah, it's really dynamic and you're learning a lot, but you got to be able to learn really quickly and you got to be able to understand kind of complex things very quickly. Um, and so that's the other thing we look for is, you know, can this person like think critically about things, right? Not even deals, but just like markets and interactions and people and competitors and models, right? And 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 how those things will flow out. And so those are really the th three things we look for because we believe if we have somebody that's really passionate, they're able to get up the learning curve really quickly on things, understand complex situations and, and theories and so forth, and they're a great team player, we can give them the experience, the training, the skill set, everything else that they need to be a successful venture capitalist. Awesome. Well, thanks, Peter. Yeah, thanks, John. All right, if you have more questions, you can hit us up on the Twitters and we'll put the links in the bottom of the video. Sounds that was great. Thanks, guys.